Hello, and welcome to the Being Human Podcast. It's a podcast where we ask the question, whether through ancient wisdom, philosophy, or religion, how do we navigate through the 21st century whilst maintaining our humanity? I'm Chris Lewis, and today I will be reading a post that was published on May 16th, 2022. The Fog. The mind is a beautiful tapestry comprised of both material and immaterial components the human brain, and the unquantifiable soul, what the ancient Greeks called psuche, the inner being. Obviously, many hold to a purely materialistic worldview, to the exclusion of humans being embodied souls. Some may even discuss consciousness as illusory and myriad synapses within the brain, giving one the impression of self-awareness. I do not sit in this camp, Here's at least part of that story. For most of my life, and even more so within the last two years, depression has been the thorn in my flesh, the looming plague. Words are incapable in describing the gnawing pain of those afflicted. Unless you've sailed depression's foggy hurricane waters, honestly, most don't understand. Not caring, friends, not even a loving spouse. It's the loneliest place in the world, and you can take wherever you go. The melancholic mind. Modern medicine helps to alleviate severity, and more importantly, may even help one from suicide. But increasing serotonin's effect in the brain doesn't solve the underlying issue. The issues will vary from person to person. So I can only give thoughts on my own experience. Medication gives respite to suffering, but also diminishes pleasure. Now, I'm no Epicurean, but pleasure is innate to the human experience, of course, within limitation and balance. And Stoics call for temperance, self-control or self-discipline, which I do subscribe to. So whatever you enjoy, do so with virtue and for the common good. So what are the underlying issues in my life? Through many introspective hours, the conclusion is, there are many. For this entry, there's only time for one. My full-time job is not intellectually challenging. The job requires rote physical activity. Repetition is great for developing habits, not so much for blue-collared laborers. It's rough on the body and calluses the hands. However, there is utility if one could learn to make it a classroom. Since the body is on autopilot, the mind is free to escape to the education's hall of intellectual pursuit. Why is intellectual pursuit important? Because increased serotonin within the brain doesn't deal with the soul's desire to learn, grow, and be curious. Curiosity the long-last child in the wilderness of responsibility and obligation. We often suppress the curious, creative, and expressive aspects within our personality for more useful ones, routine, schedules, and simplicity. These are pragmatic, not wrong, evil, or unjust. Society rewards the rigid structure. Building a firm foundation is important. But suppressing the childlike wonder and imagination can deaden any living soul. The brain can be tricked into experiencing baseline emotions. Creativity unleashed can bring life, light, and beauty 
to a dark and fog-ridden world. Surrendered to wonder's guidance, a child entrusting hands tender grasp. So it's been roughly about three months since I wrote this. And as I read it, it's very fascinating to look back in retrospection and realize, wow, like this is where I was at this time. I think I was about a month um, off my, actually less than a month, probably like three, two, three weeks off my medication. I was on an antidepressant, um, um, a generic for Lexapro, which was very, 10 milligrams, very, very helpful. I am a major advocate for medication when it's needed. I do understand there's a lot of side effects and negative aspects to it as well. And those are something, that's something that I'll probably have to un- unpack and, un- and kind of unravel at a later time. But what I can say is just even reading this all over again, kind of trying to get back into the mindset, the title itself, The Fog, should say enough, and specifically as it pertains to the melancholic mind. Now, something I should probably be honest about, both with myself and with you who's listening, is this is I have a proclivity toward melancholy, sadness, depression. Not... <sighs> Not to say that I don't have anxieties and worries and cares and stuff like that too. That that that's side too, but I I don't think I mean I'm no doctor, so I don't really understand, you know, a lot of the mind. But what I do know is being diagnosed with clinical depression and having that proclivity toward a melancholic mind is is something that I have to deal with for the rest of my life. And there are things that are healthy that I can do, behaviors that are healthy, and there's behaviors that are unhealthy that I can act upon. So Learning how to work through those things is, uh, well, it's not only beneficial for myself and my own well-being, but it's also beneficial to the common, the common good, to those around me, to society as a whole. It's a culture, you know. That's kind of like even why I'm doing the podcast too on top of writing a blog is because I have to do these things in order to extend my, to extend myself you know, to actually extend that with what is, to extend that which is within my soul and to share those things in the hopes that what benefits me may also benefit other people. And uh, so, yeah, so as I'm looking through this, it's like uh, the, the emphasis seems to be the, the melancholic mind and also intellectual pursuit. Now, my job is pretty, pretty damn rope. It's same thing over and over again, nearly every day. I deliver packages for a living. It's a really good job. Great pay, great benefits, great vacation, great everything. I'm a blessed man, truly. Incredibly thankful for it. But it's very humbling too. It's uh, it's manual labor. It's difficult. It's hard on the body, majorly on the body, which affects the mind. It's kind of interesting because even thinking about that right now, uh, you know, people who work in offices, it's like, look at, like, I understand that, like, when you're working at a computer nearly all day, it's, um, it has an effect on the body. It, it affects your body. It drains your body as well. So I don't diminish that by any means, but also it works in the reverse. So as you work hard, as your, as, as your body is, is, uh, deteriorating and falling apart from, uh, repetitive motion and lifting and, and, and walking upstairs and 
walking up truck steps all day long, it has an effect on your mind as well. I noticed this is because even at the end of my shift, not only am I hungry and deficient of nutrition, but I'm also, my mind is just, is done, is, is exhausted, which makes it really tough to come home from a 10-hour day and actually get on a computer and start writing. And it takes a lot of discipline. And honestly, I understand that like not many people have time. I mean, I, I'm a man who's uh, in the middle of a divorce. I'm on my way to singleness once again. That's a whole other conversation I don't want to have right now. <laughs> but anyways, so I have plenty of time to write a blog, plenty of time to be on multiple podcasts. I have plenty of time to do a lot of things. Uh, I have time to write music and to play guitar and to sing and to, to record and, and to have fun. And I have a lot of time for that. So I, I completely understand. But believe me, no matter what, you come home from work, you're tired. Doing anything, being a good husband and loving your wife, giving her the time she needs, uh, giving your children the time they need. You know, they've been waiting for dad all day long. When's dad coming home? I know because I used to be that kid waiting for my dad to come home. Or when he worked days and when he worked nights, it was like waiting for dad to get up, you know. So I understand the the childlike waiting for your dad and or your mom to come home. When's mom going to come home? Because, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want it anyways. I, I was going to go toward like, because we want dinner made, you know, but I, 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 I personally know men who love to cook, who actually love to cook more than women. I'm not particularly one of those people. I just not. But anyways, so I digress. Going back to the point, I understand that uh, working at the end of a day takes a toll on the mind, on the body, either way you come at it from. So, and then if you mix in with that, a little bit of depression, it makes it even more hard, but, or anxiety could be extremely paralyzing. So my job isn't very intellectually stimulating. It's not very intellectually challenging, but you want to know one piece that I have found in that, in my job is that I get to listen to audiobooks. I get to listen to podcasts. I get to listen to music while I'm working. Now, is it full blast? Like, no, it's, I have one earbud in usually, and I'm safely, uh, and, respectfully handling a vehicle and delivering packages. And so anyways, yeah, it's a skill you learn. It's a skill you have to learn and and, uh, to be safe on road, to always be a defensive driver. I mean, I I still believe that you, oh gosh, I can't even say, I got to edit this out now. (laughs) I didn't say the whole day, but I'll keep this in. But delivery package drivers from, I would say two specific companies, you can probably guess which one I work for anyways, but I just don't want to incorporate that. I don't want them to be, you know, if anyone's even listening to this anyways. But the point is, which anyway, uh, so there, there, there's there's trucks out there. There's many delivery trucks out there. I'm sure everybody knows. So there's there's brown ones and there's white ones and there's gray ones now. They're the newest one. Um, and then there's, there's, I don't even know what color DHL is. Anyways, that's not the one I work for. So, ugh. But anyways, the two, the brown and the white, and the white trucks, those ones out there are the best, like hands down the better drivers. Now, I would argue that the browns may be a little bit better, but that's just that's just a, a minor um, <laughs> bias, anyways. <laughs> so, suffice it to say, safe drivers out there on road, just you know, allowing time to pass. You know, we, 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 you know, we want to make the best use of our time because we don't have a lot of it. If we're lucky, we get to live 80 years. 
my grandmother's about to be 90, 90. So I, I, we're just a blessed people if we get to live 80 years. But the point being is uh, utilize the time that you have. And I think that's maybe the, 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 the best principle to have is, I even wrote in here, is being curious and, and to continue to allow yourself to be curious, allow yourself to ask questions about all things, anything, like create questions, like make questions up. And when you're like, that's a bad question. It's like, yeah, no, you got to start somewhere. You know, there is, there's, there are no bad questions. I mean, there's, there's questions that are, that are uh, more useful than others. Perhaps, perhaps that could be argued because like uh, one question is like, okay, well, that's not going to, that's a, that's a question and I hear you, but it's not going to answer what you want it to answer. So we need to develop and actually better that question. But you would never know to develop a better question if you had never started with the premise, the bottom, the foundation, the, what you're trying to get at. So become, you, be, you can become a better, uh, uh, I want to say interlocutor, but I don't think that's the right word. But anyways, you want to become a better question asker. I guess that's the, <laughs> that would be the most baseline way of saying that. You want to become someone who asks better questions. And, and you only can ever do that by just letting go of ego, letting go of your pride. So you know what? I'm going to let go of this hubris. I don't know everything. As a matter of fact, I know less than I think I know. And even when I learn more, I realize I learned, I did actually know less than I thought I knew before. So I, I don't really know a lot. And the only way I'm going to continue to learn, the only way I'm going to continue to become a better human being is to actually remain curious, always asking questions. So this is going back to the intellectual mindset, being intellectually challenged, being intellectually challenged by, by, uh, by events, by uh, um, theories, abstract ideas, concepts, and, and, and whatnot. And um, like, I mean, it could be anything, uh, could be political too. Some people, that's politics is their jam. Politics aren't really my jam. I don't. I'm not. I'm not particularly um, interested in much politics. But I'll have the conversation with people, and I'll be generous and I'll listen. I'll listen to their perspective, and well, maybe some. I yeah. I've been in some heated arguments over politics, so I can't really say that I'm always a good listener. <laughs> I don't even think I'm a good listener. Uh, so, all that to say is, is uh. uh to get through the fog, especially for those who are depressed, medication helps. If you need it, use it. And if I need it again, I'll go back on it. Absolutely. No shame. No guilt. No, I couldn't hack it in life. Like, no. If I need it, I need it. it it'll help me to get out of this, 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 uh, this just uh, drowning, the season of drowning. The only way I could ever describe depression is like, it's like being underwater, submerged underwater. Uh, imagine i would imagine it would be obviously i'm using this as a, a, a an illustration because no one actually can plunge into the depths of the mariana trench but it's the deepest part of the of the ocean it's actually its depths is higher than the highest peaks uh the highest mountains that actually stand on earth so I imagine just falling down there, being crushed by the weight of every circumstance, every event, every emotion, and just being and just suffocating, incapable of breathing. Well, what medication can help do is provide you a flotation device of some sort in which you are still under the water, but you're starting to see the light again. Because there's places so deep that light can't even travel down there, like in the Mariana Trench. 
the water can't, uh, white, uh, not water, light can't reach it. And soon enough, you start seeing the light. And, and it exposes and reveals and, and brings about epiphany where it's like, wow, I, I'm starting to feel like myself again. I'm starting to feel like I'm not so overwhelmed. So, uh, and eventually your head reaches the top of the water and you gasp for your first breath of fresh air that you've had in a really long time. And that's just the beginning. Now you've got a whole ocean around you and there's no boat. There's no one around. There's no island. And now you've got to learn to swim. And now you've got to learn to develop the tools to swim and to swim to whatever land is the nearest by. And hopefully, I mean, I can't, I can only take this metaphor so far. <laughs> like you got to know the direction to go. And then that, that brings other things in. But the point is this, when suffering from a melancholic mind, that will help. Medication will help. But also, on top of that, after you've taken your first breath and you're like, wow, I'm ready to, to learn. I'm ready to learn to develop the tools in which to do better in my life, to become a better human, to learn how to deal with depression in a much healthier way. And when you're there, you got to ask all sorts of questions. You got to be curious. You got to allow yourself to, to be creative again and to have that childlike wonder, which is so lost. As we get older, we just lose it. We, we lose crazy. Like today I was playing guitar and I was using this microphone and um, I put the settings in the right place and I was able to sing and play and record some. I'm like, wow, like this is fun. I forgot what it felt like to do that. But anyways, uh, another point. Um, so yes, uh, the melancholic mind intellectual stimulation, intellectual challenge can actually help benefit those things. Being in, 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 in the simplest way possible is to be curious, to ask questions, to continue to learn, to continue like, in whatever way. If you need physical books, read a physical book. Dude, books help so much. Like they, they give you so much profound information. They, they, they can help you. And, and you, you, if you get the right authors, you can just even discover, oh my gosh, all these great people of the past, these histories, they all went through similar things that I went through. Abraham Lincoln was known for depression, which, I mean, we're reinterpreting history right now in our day and age, so there's a lot of complexity there. But at the end of the day, he was a human being, a human, the potential for good, the potential for evil. But he made a great impact on this, obviously made a big impact. But he also, the thing is, is he suffered from depression through that whole, through all of that. And so, Many, many great men and women in the world have suffered from the melancholic mind, but they continue to persevere and to, have the, and, to, and to live virtuously and to do good. Maybe not all of them. And there's a lot of complexity with the potential of good and evil. We all have it. And so if there's any encouragement here, it would be to be curious, to, to let the world become your classroom. And be open-minded and be willing to get to a point of admitting help. You need help. Admitting that we need help. I, that it's the most humbling place to be. And I think without humility, it's, it's impossible to be curious. Unless you're trying to figure people out in order to manipulate and control them. True, genuine curiosity is a place of humility and a place of love. 
because you're not looking to ask questions about people because you want to control or manipulate them. You're asking questions because you want to know someone's heart and you want to know their soul. You want to know how they think. You want to know how they reason. So all I say is uh, let's break through the fog of the melancholic mind. Let's be curious. Let's be intellectually challenged. And let's look at the world as our own classroom. <laughs>